I had trouble just staying put. I always wanted to know what the next thing was. I understood finally that there were a million different things that I could be doing if I just had the imagination to find them. I feel like entrepreneurs are very susceptible to anxiety and maybe even depression and just feeling down where they're not able to just get, tap into creativity more because of like the workload. Oh, I gotta go. I've been working, told them please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bro. Just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast. See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog. Swear I paid all my fees. I was starving for this day, now my fan they can't eat. Hey everyone, before we start the show, a quick word from our sponsor, the American Nurse Association, which is a professional group that's trying to advance the nursing practice. It's there for us to help standardize nursing, helps bolster our health and wellness and in every single aspect of nursing. Feeling lucky? Well, the ANA is feeling awfully generous. They're giving away one free copy of Nursing Scope and Standards, fourth edition, as well as some other cool prizes. One winner will receive a MacBook Air, five winners will receive iPad minis, and 15 winners will receive some awesome Sony wireless headphones. Don't forget that this giveaway does not last long, so go to the nursingworld.org or click the description below to enter. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Couple Nurses podcast with your hosts, Matt and myself, Peter. Before we get into the show, make sure you guys check out couplenurses.com and we are frontlinewarriors.com. We have a bunch of cool content there, a bunch of blog posts. We share all our YouTube videos there, our vlogs, and our show notes, especially if you guys like the information that we provide. We provide even more through our show notes, so definitely check them out. And that's with literally each episode. Make sure you check us out, guys, on YouTube, Couple Nurses. I'm sure you guys already know that. And give us the like on Spotify and follow us on Apple Podcasts. We're literally on every platform. So check us out before the episode starts. Just on that. Thank you, thank you. On today's episode, we'd like to... Welcome Katie Harris. Katie Harris is the owner and founder of Nursepreneur. Nursepreneur is committed to supporting nurses across the globe with their crazy, outrageous ideas and innovative ideas. Her path is to change healthcare through entrepreneurialism. We dive in from bedside nursing to acute NP to starting your own business. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let's go. Thank you, Katie, so much for being here. Can you give us a little bit about yourself, like your nursing experience and where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, so, oh my gosh, I've been a nurse for 20 some years. And I always remember like when I first started out in nursing, uh, you know, there would always be like that nurse that had been on this, the same unit for the last 20 years. And I was like, oh, that's never going to be me. And then 20 years later, that was me. <laughs> it was like one of those uh, revelations where I'm like, I need to keep moving. Um, and that was one of the things that really, I think, defined my nursing career was that I had trouble just staying put. I always wanted to know what the next thing was. So after getting off orientation and then you kind of master the bedside and then I'm like, all right, I'll go to ICU. So I went to ICU and then it was like, okay, um, you know, now what? And early on, I ended up doing my MBA because I thought that, um, you know, I had these visions of grandeur that I was going to take over the world and, and rule the hospitals and all the whatever um, that vision was. So I thought I should get my MBA. So I did that. 
And when I graduated with my MBA and started looking at jobs, by this time I was working agency in, you know, I had, I made my own schedule, my own work hours. I was actually the most senior nurse on the one unit that I was working on that I oriented the other nurses, you know, whenever I felt like coming in, it allowed me to travel, I would take off two or three months at a time, and then, you know, come back and work a lot, and then, you know, take another couple months off and, and just travel. So I did a, a whole lot of that in my 20s. But I also realized that once I achieved that MBA, that I had to start in a starter position uh, in finance or somewhere. And I was like, uh, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm making way too good money. I got lots of, of time off, but I was kind of stuck on the floor. So uh, I've always worked neuro, neurocritical care, neurosurgery. So I decided, well, I'll go back for my nurse practitioner degree. That seemed the next logical step. So that's what I did. And I worked with the neurosurgeons for, oh my gosh, 10, 15 years. And um, it just got to the point where I had seen the residents come in to um, the residency and I see I had seen them graduate and now I was working with them as, as attendings and they I saw them go up this ladder this this hierarchy and this um, they went on to newer bigger and better things but my role stayed stagnant and I every morning I would come in and I'd have to get the uh, the news of the day from the intern and then 15 day, 15 times a day, I'd have to round with this intern and then sign out to the intern. And it just, it got to the point where I would show up at the hospital and just be really pissed off. You know, I'm sorry, this is like a, a G-rated podcast, but, you know, I, I just, I was really, really angry and found myself kind of bitter and irritable and just, um, I didn't like myself at, at the end of the day. It was just, it was horrible. And it was one of those things where I just, I didn't know what I wanted and I didn't know what to do. I felt like I was stuck in this bubble because I had, uh, I was an acute care nurse practitioner and I was working on the unit. And I mean, what else, really, what else could I do other than work in the hospital? And I was fortunate enough that an opportunity fell in my lap. So, Walmart literally called me one day uh, and wanted to know if I knew a nurse practitioner who could run their clinics uh, from their corporate headquarters. And I was like, oh my God, please take me. And they did. They, I mean, that wasn't my interview, but <laughs> they did hire me. And I started meeting all these nurses from all over the world that were absolutely fascinating. And it really just blew my mind and it, it burst the bubbles, so to speak, because I understood finally that there were a million different things that I could be doing if I just had the imagination to find them. So that's kind of uh, my journey in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, I'm wow. curious, what drew you into neuro? And by the way, we're not rated rated G for our podcast. You could feel free to say whatever you would like. Okay. <laughs> but what would you what drew you to neuro? Because I've I've personally never liked neuro very much. So I'm curious on why did you choose neuro? Um, okay, so this was a, a mean trick that the universe played on me because when I graduated nursing school, I said, there's no way I'm ever working nights and I'm never going to work on a neuro unit because I hate neuro and it just sucks. So um, I graduated in 96. I actually traveled for a bit. Um, I was in Australia for six months. And then when I came back in 97, the, there was still a surplus of nurses, which is unusual. It's not something we normally see. Um, and so I couldn't get a job in the Philadelphia area. So the, I got two job offers. I put my application all across the United States. I got two job offers. One was Roswell, New Mexico, and the other one was South Texas. But it was a um, 
night position on a neuro unit and I was like oh my god well I'm not going to Roswell you know the, with all the aliens and stuff so I'm like I'm gonna go to I'll go to South Texas so I went down there and I, I thought you know I'll just spend six months to a year here get my experience and move on so I went down got my experience and um I wanted to move up to Houston because I love big, I've always been in the big city. I'm in Philadelphia. I've always loved the big city. So I moved up to Houston and I really wanted shock trauma, but they didn't have any positions open. And the only position that was open was neuro at night. So I'm like, all right, fine. So I took neurocritical care at night and I was there for a couple of years and then came back to Philly. And the only position that was open was uh, neuro ICU at night. So I took that position again. And that's when I started my MBA and started agency. And the agency started me off in a, a night position on a neuro unit. So it was just fate. Like <laughs> the universe was not going to let me get away from neuro. So, so I noticed that you, you mentioned Walmart took you upon to run all the clinics on How was that experience? Cause I'm sure that's where you start cultivating that entrepreneurial mindset, right? Yeah. I mean, I've always had the entrepreneurial mindset. I've always wanted to do things. I've always kind of dabbled in stuff. And I, you know, I, I'm the type of person that would take a, I get an idea on an epiphany and I'll have a, a napkin and I write this idea down and it's great. And I'm going to do it. And the next day I wake up and I'm like, man, you know, there's some, I, I can't do it for whatever reason. Um, and there's just a whole bunch of mindset blocks there. So yeah, it was really convenient for Walmart to fall in my lap because I, I just didn't have I guess the confidence to go out on my own uh, to start. And when I started meeting these other nurses that were out there, I thought, well, why am I not doing these things? And, you know, I, I just realized I didn't know that I could. And that's like a terrible excuse um, for not doing anything in my life, uh, you know, for so long. But um, yeah, I just, I, I guess I didn't really have the time to to look out there and see what other people were doing. but. Yeah, that was great. And so a couple of years after I started Walmart, uh, I had the experience of corporate layoffs because they were going through and doing a bunch of corporate layoffs. And that was extremely stressful. And I was like so thankful by the time they came around and, and laid off my um, my position and, and a few others at my division or at my level uh, because it was so stressful. But as soon as I was fired, I was like, I want another, well, not fire, but laid off. Um, I'm like, I want another one of those jobs. Uh, but it wasn't really corporate. It wasn't really corporate uh, healthcare that I really wanted. It was just the, that different experience. I loved the growing and the learning. And, you know, I took a job that I had no idea what it was about. Um, I was the senior manager for talent acquisition. And I'm like, I don't even know what this role is. Like <laughs> I had to look it up online, try and read books about it. And um, yeah, but I, I love doing that kind of stuff. So I know nurses are very adaptive with the different situations, everything that, that they do. So why do you think nurses are such great entrepreneurs? Uh, because we... As an entrepreneur, uh, you basically start off funding yourself. You're working on a shoestring budget. You've got like no resources and you've got to make everything work. You got to put it all together. You got to make critical decisions. And that's what I think we're good at. We're really good at uh, being given a problem and saying, go solve it but we're not going to give you any money or resources. <laughs> so, and, and nurses are, are really good at that. They've always been good at that. And if you look at any healthcare system, that's kind of how, I mean, I, I seriously think they bank on the fact that the nurses will find a solution to whatever problem that they throw at them with very little 
money and resources behind it. And it's a perfect skill set for entrepreneurialism. Yeah. What's like your first, you could say successful thing that you started doing outside of like the nurse practitioner route? The first successful thing. Well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So in terms of business, so I, I, I had um, businesses that were different degrees of successful, I would say. So I started a business as a first assist, um, freelancing myself out to the neurosurgeons. So I was able to assist them in surgery. And instead of having the hospital pay me, um, I worked it out to work kind of, if you will, a quote unquote, in a consultant role. And I did my own billing and charging and uh, made way more money with it that way. And then was able to bring in other nurses and train them. Uh, to work as first assist uh, for that business. So, and that was fine and it, it went really well for some time, but um, one, I, you know, this, it, I don't love the OR and it wasn't something that I wanted to do long-term. Uh, so it wasn't really a great fit and it just kind of fizzled. So, I mean, it was successful in that I generated money from it. It was not successful in that I didn't pursue it long-term or just kind of let it fade away. Yeah. But that was a really good idea though, because, because yeah. instead of being at the hospital, being there to pay, pay you out, you got rid of the hospital and you got paid direct. So you essentially made a lot more money that way. Right. So I was able to build the insurance companies uh, for what I was doing. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's very smart, like cutting off the hospital like that and just doing your own thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, it definitely averages out uh, much better. And, uh, and you'd be amazed at how much money the hospital, I mean, the surgeries are the the backbone for any hospital. That's what pays everybody's salary. And you'd be amazed. They have like, um, like these junior billers that don't follow up. Like I would get paid the surgeon's fee because the hospital never bothered to bill for the surgery that I was in. So I would get like thousands of dollars for like, you know, squirting saline into a, a little hole you know and it's just like this is a great gig but it's so boring <laughs> yeah yeah that's wow. smart though yeah how, how did you finally transition away from nursing um well i would say i i never transitioned away from nursing um you know i i still feel very much a, a nurse um but out of the hospital system for sure and that was that was much easier than um, I care to admit. And because it got to the point where I was so frustrated being in the hospital system and so just burnt out. And you know, I yeah you know, have ideas, and they'd be like, no, you know, just just do what we told you to do, type of thing. And you know, sign out to the intern and and that kind of crap. And I was just I was miserable. So. I went in less and less and less and COVID helped knock it all out because, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. What's the hardest thing um, for you? Like, for example, uh, the hardest thing for me to do is I have a lot of ideas, but the hardest thing for me to probably do is how to, is taking action, you could say. So how do you prevent yourself from like not taking action and actually following through with your ideas? Yeah, that, so I've, I've had that problem for years. Um, and I'll tell you the one thing that really motivated me was a negative comment that my brother made one time because I had started a lot of businesses and, you know, never, I, I kind of let them fall to the wayside. I actually started Ivy Hydration like 10 years ago and was just, I bought all these brochures and supplies and stuff and then just never handed out the brochures and was like, oh, well, I guess nobody really wants this. You know, not, <laughs> it was just, a, it was, really dumb um but 
so that business kind of fell to the wayside. And when I started Nursepreneurs, my brother made this comment and he goes, yeah, I wonder how many weeks or months this is going to last before you let it fizzle out. And I, it really, again, it really got under my skin. It like triggered me. And uh, I was like, well, that's a jerk thing to say. And so I said to myself, I'm going to prove him wrong this time. And so that's kind of it. I don't know if that's like a warped way to start a business, but it's it's been like the most powerful motivator is to prove him wrong um, and that I'm not like this, you know, flaky, silly nurse that can't do anything right or can't follow through or can't believe in myself. Um, but it also it, it's been a long road for sure. It wasn't like he made that comment and then I, I had success. It, it's been it's been like five or six years now. So, yeah, I feel like a lot of people have that issue where they have a good idea they started but then the energy for for creation and keeping it going kind of fizzles out like for you and then it kind of just get put on a back burner and you, you stop fully committing into it yeah yeah and also you know the way you explain it is you have everything on your back and the low budget so i feel like entrepreneurs are very susceptible to anxiety and maybe even depression and just feeling down mm-hmm. where they're not able to just get tap into creativity more because of like the workload mm-hmm. like we've had that ourselves where we're so busy with things where you can't be as creative with your work because you can't tap yeah. into that realm if you're not in like a focused state, let's mm-hmm. just say. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, my, my question is what a business advice would you give to somebody that's starting off or especially being like a single mom? I would say, uh, yeah, cause I started my business when my son, he's eight going on nine now. So it's been six years. So he was like two or three around there. And I've always been a single mom. I'm actually a single mom by choice, um, which is my son with sperm donation and, and all that kind of good stuff, uh, which your listeners probably don't want to listen to, but, um, he was also a big motivator too, because I wanted him as he was growing up to, to see um, that he could be proud of me and, and what I'm doing. So that was a, that was a big motivator. I wanted to stick with something, but uh, it was also, um, you know, just the whole aligning, I think yourself with something that you're passionate about. So I also, when I first started this business, what it started out with was, it was kind of an outsource of Walmart. I, you know, I had to recruit these nurse practitioners. So I thought, well, why don't we have a blog and I'll create a blog. So I went and discovered courses on how to start a blog and then how do you make money off a blog and, and all that kind of stuff. And then thought, well, you know, you know, the other thing that these nurse practitioners need when they first come out is new grad transition. So, you know, I could start that business and I thought, well, let me start these two businesses first and then I'll do what I really want, which is to consult nurses with, um, you know, businesses that they're growing or, or help them to grow their businesses. Um, and it was just this really kind of backwards way of thinking where, you know, I thought I had to do something else and be successful at that before I could do what I really wanted to. But I could never find the motivation or the creativity like you just spoke of to do those things that I didn't really, not that I don't care about new grads transitioning. It's just, I wasn't passionate about it. Whereas I was, I, I was still doing in my free time, helping uh, nurses around me to start NCLEX businesses and IV hydration uh, stuff that I couldn't see through, I could help other people. So it was just kind of this weird dynamic. Um, and so it was finally aligning with something that I actually like to do uh, that made the difference. 
Okay, so definitely being aligned because that's that internal motivation or inspiration that you have day in, day out to continue working on the goal that you set yourself mm -hmm. forward. Yeah. Oh. So now looking back at everything that you've done in life, and especially being the nursepreneur and going through the journey, are you able to pinpoint like a blueprint of steps or stages that you went through in order to get to where you were? Yeah, um, and that's something that I, I, I put out into multiple different courses. I have it all in a lot of my free videos and stuff. And, and really the first thing I always have, even when I do discovery calls, just have the nurses talk about themselves. Because one of the things that I'm listening for is where they light up and where do they get excited? Because uh, I, I had a nurse one time who, who called me and she wanted to be a health coach. And I swear she got more and more depressed every time she talked about it. And I'm like, oh my God, this, this nurse like and this health coaching, like I'm so depressed just talking to her. Uh, and then another nurse needed help with tech and you wouldn't believe the change, like the visible change in this woman when she started talking about tech and oh, I can help you with this. And I have a computer science degree and she got really excited and animated. And I was like, Juanita, why don't you just do that? And it was just like one of these things where she couldn't wrap her mind around the business model. So that's one of the first things that I you know, I like to do is just explore and see where they get animated. And you can certainly do this yourself. Like when you're talking about stuff, if you're, if you were thinking, oh, I'm going to be a health coach, but your whole body language just kind of dampens and your voice dampens when you, when you're talking about it, it's not the right move. Like there's other businesses out there that you could, you could start. Um, and the, but on the other spectrum, I have nurses that are so overwhelmed with like, I could do this and this and this and this and this and this and they're not really listening to what it is that they want to do they're just they're seeing like it looks like i can make a lot of money if i do this and you know basically any business you can make a lot of money with but they all require a lot of work and effort on your part so you have to really be excited about what you're doing what do you think is a greatest roadblock in this journey for maybe yourself or any nursepreneur that you have and how do you coached? get past the two yeah, the biggest roadblock is is yourself. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many problems I threw in my way. Um, the first year I did webinars and I made money on them and then I stopped doing them. And like 10 months later, I was working with a coach and I'm like, yeah, I can't make any money. And he's like, well, have you ever made any money? And I said, yeah, I was doing webinars. And he's like, okay, so let me get this straight. You were doing webinars, you made money and then you stopped. And I said, well, when you say it out loud like that, it sounds stupid, you know, like, yeah, the, the one thing that I was really good at uh, making money with, I stopped, yes. And he's like, well, why don't you start doing webinars again? And I said, that's a good idea. But the, the problem there wasn't that, uh, the, the only real problem was when people gave me money, it made me feel weird um, and I, I felt responsible and I felt like a fraud and I felt like, you know, somebody's going to discover me if I kept doing this and accepting money. And so I had to go through all of these emotions and all these feelings and all these, like, you know, what was I doing? Was it like, you know, it's not like I was offering a bad course. It was a really, really good course. Actually, it was, it was too much of a course for the price point. Um, but, you know, it, it's a weird feeling um, to, to be afraid of uh, receiving money and having that burden when somebody gives you money of having to produce some kind of result for them. So, you, you know, I almost took on their problems as well. And it was like stressful too. So it's, I was mentioning that it's almost like you went through imposter syndrome. 
Oh yeah. You had to just overcome that entire stuff. I'm aligned with my purpose, what I'm doing. This is, um, in a good way I'm helping people. Cause I feel like that's also like the, the poor man's mentality where we don't want a lot of money because we think it's bad because we're taking from people. But just because we're taking money, money is, money is just a transactional item that could be used to push anything and feel whatever, just like a passion, right? It's hard to like give yourself monetary value because like you said, you feel like you're taking advantage of people. And that's like kind of weird. It's like a weird feeling to have, but it's like something that we have to get, get past because eventually you're going to need some kind of income coming from this. Otherwise you're going to fail. So it's just, it's something that we often get get past. Same, like you said, it's all about yourself. You're like you're basically your only barrier. And once you could get past that mindset, you're basically free to do at your will. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you take care of yourself with everything that you're doing and struggling? Do you have like a routine or self care essentials that you always stick to, or some hobbies? Uh, I don't have any hobbies. My <laughs> my hobby is my business. Um, I, I do need hobbies. Um, I used to play tennis. I always say I played tennis, but I haven't played tennis in 20 years. So I don't think that counts. Um, so someday I'll get back to tennis and, um, you know, raising my son is, is a hobby, if you will. Um, but yeah, how do I take care of myself? So uh, one of the things that's really, really important to me is to have a lot of downtime. And this is something very, very difficult for new entrepreneurs because one, you're still working your full-time job. And I, I was working my full-time job and my part-time job and starting a business and, you know, a single mom. So, you know, it's definitely, you have to space stuff out and know that it's going to, you're in for the long haul, that you're not going to get rich in, in 20 days or less or, or, or any other ridiculous marketing messages like that. But, um, you know, just being very kind to yourself about how much you can physically get done in a period, but then also reserving a lot of space to just think. And this was a lesson that I learned when I was doing my PhD uh, because I was working like 80 hours a week with neurosurgery as a nurse practitioner and trying to do my dissertation. And for two years, I couldn't make any progress on it. So I finally was like, all right, I have to get this proposal out. Otherwise, they're going to kick me out of school. And I took six weeks off. And um, it was actually a program that I was with that, I, you know, but regardless, it was down in, in Santiago, Chile. And I literally walked for six weeks. And when I came home, I wrote that proposal up and was done within a matter of two weeks. So two years to two weeks. And it's the same thing with my business. I value a lot of downtime. So I will schedule like two or three hours where sometimes I'll just stare at the wall or I'll go for a walk or I will uh, just do something that's not business related uh, because it allows ideas to percolate, to connections to be made. And all of a sudden I'll be shopping. I'm like, oh my God, you know, I know exactly what to do now. You know, something will trigger it. So trying not to force the ideas, but to let them come out and that downtime is, is super important. It's almost like runner's block. And I feel like it's very true. You have to take time, time for yourself because imagine, or I'm not sure if it's the same way, but some of my best ideas, I feel like come in the shower. And that's like one of the only times where it's, I'm not thinking about business or what I have to do or my plans. I'm just there showering, you know? Yeah. And that's when like ideas come to flourish because you're not really hyper-focused on solving a problem. And I think that's that's very important. Is there any projects you're currently working on? I'm sorry, any what? Any projects you're currently working on? 
So we do, um, we launch courses for nurses who are, are, who have done businesses. So we work on that, but we're also working on the one thing that we're finding is that after the nurses have put their business together, they need help with marketing um, and they're not sure what to do. And, and marketing is the most expensive, time consuming and the biggest part of your business. So we're working on developing um, marketing for YouTube channels, and uh, we have an Instagram marketing account now as well, and just helping with those aspects and and constantly looking for new business ideas for the nurses. Yeah. So do you work on like on branding, something like in that sense? Um, so we do um, branding in terms of fonts and colors, and and for your website, we don't we haven't focused so much on messaging. Uh, a lot of that's built into the programs that they they start, like if they're doing IV hydration or or cannabis or or whatever the case may be. So a lot of that messaging is built out by the course directors to to help them to get started. Yeah. Where where do you see like the job outlook for? nursepreneurship. I know there's a ton of social media influencers and nurses that I'll scroll through that are starting little shops or, you know, they're creating Etsy accounts or doing something. So, you know, where do you, where do you see the, the mark, the market? Yeah. I mean, I think the, that stuff is great. If you have a, a huge following, uh, you know, like hundreds of thousands of followers, but um, you know, most of us don't have that <laughs> type of influence. Um, so it, the consulting, I think, is huge for nurses. Our knowledge base, what we know about the hospital system, how things work. I have one student that is a long-term care turnover specialist. So she actually goes into nursing homes that are about to go bankrupt and can turn them around. So I, there's other nurse practitioners that are looking to do the new grad transition that I had thought about years ago. IV hydration is a big business for a lot of our nurses. Um, concierge nursing is another huge area that just is, uh, you know, it's an open field. We're literally just defining it now. We're pioneering new specialties. I was actually talking to a nurse yesterday and she's like, can I do pulmonary concierge nursing? I'm like, well, nobody's done it before, but that doesn't mean it can't be done. I, you know, it, it's something to explore and you just have to be open to it may not end up the way that I thought it was going to, but I'm going to listen to what the audience wants and, and pivot as needed. Yeah, I think there's going to be a big push for preventative care and preventive services. Like even with IV hydration, I could see people getting like a monthly like wellness checkup, for example, and like, um, like you know, hotel health. Yeah, like a quick, quick physical more commonly and more often than they do now. So it's definitely like I feel like a good venture to go into anything really with preventative. Even like yeah. research basic, all, like you see these stem cells clinics opening up a little bit more often. It's not FDA approved yet, uh, but there's some people that, that still open them up and they, they, they get a lot of people get a lot of benefit from this because it's just research. Yeah. If we could figure out how to prevent certain diseases compared to continuously treat them with like almost an never ending goal, then we would move forward a lot better as a society and oh, yeah. total health. Yeah. Cause right now, typically right now what we see is somebody gets diagnosed with something and we don't really focus on, on the prevention. We focus on what's going to happen after. And there's, the goal usually is to have you not say get better, but not get worse. That's the problem with, I think, healthcare. The goal is to, yeah. to if you're at this point in, in life, let's not make you worse. But there isn't a push for making you better. It's just to maintain where you are at right now and not get worse. Unfortunately. Yeah. And, and it's exciting what's happening with entrepreneurships because I feel like nurses are going to feel more, be more empowered. Mm. 
sometimes with bedside, everything we're doing, it's sometimes demoralizing and this could maybe rejuvenate our medical professional. Mm -hmm. So if one of our listeners are listening and they're doing bedside nursing and they feel like they have a passion or there's something they're interested about, how do you begin your journey? How do you begin your journey of entrepreneurships? Where do you, where do you look? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that you can do is just start looking for problems and, you know, that might not sound very appealing, but one of my first businesses was, um, it was a stroke patient who just would not leave the hospital. And I was like, my God, here, take my phone number, just get out of here. I got I need this bed. Um, and, but they were so thankful for that. And they only called me a couple of times and I thought, Hmm, well, maybe this could be something, right? Like maybe I, and I looked into it and, and Medicare had these transitional care codes so that helped me with pricing and stuff. But basically um, the concept was once the, the stroke patients were discharged from the hospital to home, uh, a lot of them just needed some comforting words or you know, just somebody to listen to them or say, I have a, a twinge, what do I do? And, and the default mechanism was to say, we'll go to the ED because the residents didn't want to deal with them and, and the outpatient office didn't want to deal with them. So they'd send them to the ED. And I'm like, well, this is ridiculous. Uh, you know, all they needed to do was hear somebody say like, everything, you know, that's normal, right? And that's what people appreciate in the hospital that, you know, they feel safe there, even though it might be annoying to have somebody come in your room every five minutes. At the same time, there's a lot of comfort in that. So, you know, I wanted to extend that. So that was one of a very early um, iteration of a business model that I had of, of concierge nursing. Yeah, it's a very good point that you say that the route of entrepreneur is usually figuring out a problem and trying to solve it. And it's the same thing you did with the whole marketing. You you're able to help nurses create these businesses. What was their next problem? Their next problem was marketing. So let's solve another problem. And that's always a, a good place to start, start because you're always going to be monetized. You're always going to be able to monetize that because someone is always willing to pay you you something if you can solve their problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I've I've had that experience. Uh, you know, I've had some very costly mistakes where. I was like, well, the nurses need this. And, you know, I went to all the trouble to design it and build it and put it out there. And it was just like crickets. And I'm like, well, they do need it, <laughs> but it wasn't what they asked me for. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, this, my most costly ex- expenses have been when I didn't listen to what they were asking me for. So I, I just try as hard as possible to stick to what they're saying, whether I agree with it or not. Uh, you know, we have a lot of MLMers in my Facebook group and they'll say, oh, you can triple your income in the next two weeks if you join my, you know, uh, MLM pyramid or whatever it is. And, you know, I was like, well, and they get like hundreds of comments. Everybody's like, oh, me, 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 me. Tell me, tell me, how do I do this? And I, I thought about it and I'm like, okay, I don't agree with it. You know, I'm not going to go out there and say triple your income and, you know, it's going to be no effort and you just have to sell some stuff to your friends. But, you know, there's something about being consistent, fast and easy and the done for you. So, you know, looking at that and saying, how can I take what I already have and make it as easy, uh, predictably consistent and um, fast as physically as fast as possible uh, for the nurses. And that's been my goal uh, to really hone in on that. Yeah, it's very important because time is something you can never get back. And if you can make yeah. something work quicker and more efficient, then there's, there's a giant profit for that as well. Yeah. You know, you can sell it to anybody. If you could add more time to their day or add more time to their life, it's something that's always going to be there. 
Katie, what is your current obsession? I know it's your business. Is there, is there maybe something specific in the business that you're very obsessed about that you're working on? Uh, I really love kind of the partnerships and the networking and the traveling. So I have made it um, before COVID, I was traveling around the US uh, just going to meetups and I've met so many amazing nurses and made so many incredible connections just by going to other cities and inviting people to, you know, just wine and chips. And uh, it was amazing. It was so much fun. And I can't wait to, to do that again. But it opened up um, opportunities that I, I wasn't expecting. Um, you know, the whole business model that I had now was just from partnering with nurses because I was trying to do everything myself, doing the coaching all myself, and then, you know, found these nurse experts. And I'm like, all right, well, let's do this. This is what the nurses are asking me for. And, and, you know, making these partnerships, I've made some of my closest and best friends through the course directors that I have now. A lot of problem for entrepreneurs and, and nursepreneurs is, is scaling. So how do you kind of tackle scaling? Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a tough one because and I'll, I'll tell you, I've been through a lot of my numbers and I see like a lot of money coming into the business. And then I see like my paycheck that I pay myself and I'm like, I'd be better off working at the hospital some, you know, a lot of the times because, um, you know, it's, it's hard to pay yourself and you can't scale and keep scaling until you actually do pay yourself. And I'll tell you, there was a, a book that I read that really helped transform a lot of my thinking. It was called Profit First. And I think it's Mike Michaelwitz, but he talks about, you know, paying yourself because it's a huge problem that entrepreneurs do is they don't pay themselves and they burn out and, you know, everything just kind of goes to, to crap from there. Uh, the second most important thing that I'm still working on to this day is standard operating procedures. And I never wanted to tackle these because they're so boring and I, I have a hard time focusing on them because they're very detail oriented. I'm a very big picture person. Um, but we, it has completely limited my ability to scale because I can't hand things off, right? I can't say, oh, go do my email marketing. And they're like, well, what do I do? <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's like, oh my God, you know, so, it, so you have to write everything down. And if you don't, you're just, you're stifling yourself. Yeah. SOPs are paying the ass to write. It's, it's funny because yeah. we had that issue a few months ago. Last year, actually, we ran into that roadblock where you're just like, we, we finally typed out what SOP means like, uh-huh, so this is what we yeah. need to do. <laughs> we finally realized we had to offload some of the work because we, we couldn't all do it ourselves. And we always wanted to do it ourselves. And finally, yes. when we hired out some people, it just, the dream started to come together. Yeah. So anybody listening, I think that's another great tip, too, is just learning when you can't do so much and you just have to give away your work. Don't be, I don't think it's like stingy. You're not like overactive in your own business. Yeah, you're being, yeah, you have to learn how to manage yeah. or be a leader instead of being the operator, the employee. The employee, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that's really important, especially if you want to scale. I mean, we started one of, um, one of the programs that I have that is really scaling very quickly. And the nurse that's running it has been very, and you're right, stingy is not the word, but she's been very like, I don't want to hire anybody. I can manage it. I can manage it. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you can't manage it. And what, you know, you're going to have all these people, they're in the course board, they're in the Facebook group, they're DMing you, they're doing, one, we have to put um, boundaries around what the students can do and what they can't do. And two, 
I need somebody else in that group answering questions because if you don't respond to your customers and they're like, oh, well, you know, Katie doesn't get back to you or, you know, she doesn't bother, or you're, you're not important enough. And then it, it unleashes a whole nother field of like stuff that you do not want to get into. <laughs> we, I think that we all come really to, hurt you. Right. I think we all come to a consider, uh, we all come to this consideration of is your business running you or are you running your business? And if your business is running you, well, you're probably not in the right place where you're supposed to be. Because like, like I said before, you're basically an employee in, in your own creation and you're never going to ever be able to scale and do more and, and ever increase your revenue or income because you have to offload this work because you can't take on anything new if you're still doing the old. And that's probably the biggest thing for scaling, I feel like. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Katie, where can people find you? Uh, they can find us at nursepreneurs.com and our social media is uh, some variation of nursepreneurs. So Instagram is nurse underscorepreneur and then Facebook is nursepreneurs1. Um, but yeah, we'd, we'd love to, to help. We like to help nurses, whether they are interested in a business or with, a lot of times we talk nurses out of businesses as well. So we're always help, happy to, to help guide you in, in whatever direction works best. Awesome. You have any questions for us, Katie? Any what? Any questions for us? Um, no, yeah. Um, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I was just no, curious. That's all. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this show. As you heard, all the resources for all the nurses' uh, resources for entrepreneurship you can find at nursepreneur.com. Thank you so much, Katie, for being an amazing guest and sharing your knowledge on what it is to scale, grow, and transition maybe from bedside to being your own boss, right? Yep. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye, Katie.